This is On the Block with Stricken Bach. Nebraska Basketball Hall of Famer and nine-year NBA vet, Eric Strickland. Strickland for three! And you're going to go out of here as the Big 8 tournament champion. 93-7, a ticket veteran and Ortega connoisseur, Jake Bakovan. I like Ortega and I like Pepper. Coming at you live from the Coppel Chevrolet GMC Studios in the heart of Lincoln, America. On air and online at theticketfm.com. Sponsored by the Mercado by Certified Piedmontese. This is On the Block with Stricken Bach. On Block. <laughs> on the Block. You're on the Block. Welcome to On The Block. Yeah, we're here today. Hey, everybody. Thank you for joining again once again. On The Block with Stricken Bach, 4 to 6 every day, Monday through Friday, except yesterday because it was Independence Day. So everybody was off yesterday. But listen, we're going to talk a little bit about some of the other conferences and, and kind of what's happening out there in the landscape of college football and all sports uh, included. But we've got some good news, something breaking on the block. Bach, tell us about what's breaking on the block. Yeah, well, it's already been a successful day for Nebraska recruiting as they grabbed Omarion Miller, uh, the four-star wide receiver from Louisiana earlier today. Well, it continues with Dylan Rogers, a middle linebacker out of Texas, uh, has made it official that he is committed to Nebraska as well. 6'3", 232 out of Cypress, Texas for the class of 2023. Um Looks like I'm on 24-7 here. They have him as around the 706th best player in the nation, 130th best player coming out of Texas. Either way, uh, it's good to get back into Texas for Nebraska and uh, to continue with impressive recruiting. Uh, of course, it's uh, maybe a little overshadowed by Romarian Miller, who's the top-ranked player in the class now committing to Nebraska today. But either way, any day you can get two of them uh, is pretty good. And Barry Jackson committed over the weekend as well, so that's been very successful over the last week or so. Some great news. That's some great news for Husker football, and uh, we'd like to continue that landscape continuously throughout all sports right now. But the Husker football right now is hot. They're landing everything they need and everything they want, and uh, that's a good thing. I don't think there's too many that have gotten out of the grasp of uh, – the Husker uh, recruiting uh, bandwidth, but uh, I think that's positive. I think that's positive news. It's good to hear. But one of the things I want to talk about right now, Boxster, on the block is the Pac-12. What we found is the Pac-12 is seeking media rights deal. They're one of the first ones of the conferences to come to uh, – they'll pretty much close out their deal. I think it closes out in 2023. Um, so ultimately it asks and it bows the question of – does the conference have an opportunity being that they're first to market in order to give themselves a chance to get ahead of everything, even though they just lost two of their uh, uh, Stapletons in the conference in USC and UCLA to the big, big 10. So my question I want to throw out to Bach. Plus I want to also put it out on the starter Heyman text line. And I also think we may take a call in this specific instance because it's one, it's a, it's a pretty deep question. And that question is, which one of the conferences has the best opportunity of surviving outside of the big two? Um, who's going to basically right now, what I'm witnessing and what I'm seeing 
is there's a purge going on. It's the CFB purge. And I wish I had the music right now. The the siren going going off. Because right now (laughs) there is a purge going on. And the Pac-12 is trying to get ahead of it by a media rights deal. And, and, And the Big 12 hasn't made any moves yet. But it looks like the Big 12 is trying to do some things behind the scenes to get ahead of this, and we'll talk about that as well. So, But I want to hear from you, Bach. Um, and also on the starter Heyman text line, which conference do you think has the best chance of surviving the purge? And that is the Pac-12, the ACC, or the Big 12. Who is going to emerge as that third third tier as it begins begins to drop off? We already see possibilities of the Big 12 maybe looking to purge uh, the whack. Is, is it the whack? Well, a lot of the Pac-12 remaining teams is who they're going after. Yeah. 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 So you've got that. And a lot of it is it seems to be coming from the fact that they're 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 loving the fact that they can get some mountain mountain, you know, uh um time zones. Yeah. And they're they'd looking be at a, that. they'd be a across remember they have UCF now. So yeah. they'd be a coast to coast conference as well. Um, I think I think that that's it's interesting in the the timing of all of this um, might ultimately destroy the Pac-12 as we know it. I think there's a p- possibility that if if Oregon and Washington leave, um, it, 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 the possibilities. The, of course, the the other report out today is that Arizona, Arizona State, Colorado, and, uh, and Utah are going kind of getting courted from the Big 12 as well as Oregon and Washington if they don't end up going to the Big 10, which would leave Cal, uh, Washington State. Um, Oregon State and Stanford, interestingly enough, as kind of the remaining teams there. So as I read it right now, I would say that the Pac-12 has is going to be purged more than anybody else, only because of timing. There's no, uh, from what I understand, not as significant as we as this. All is about money, obviously, and it's all about the TV deals. There's not a whole lot bigger of a deal between the Pac-12 or the Big 12 can get out there right now, um, just kind of depending on where these teams land, because none, you know, there's no, no big names left. Of course, it'd be a huge uh, coup for them to keep Oregon and Washington, but that's not looking very possible. So the way that I see it is I, I think that right now I would expect that the Big 12, just based on the reports that we've seen, um, of course, the Pac-12 trying to get that media rights deal means they're not just sitting on their hands either. They're going to try, um, but those conferences are going to eat each other one way or the other. Um, and so it just kind of depends on, on who's going to be left out. But the Big 12's already made all these moves toward adding uh, teams, obviously, then the UCFs, the BYUs, the Cincinnati's. So, I think just because of the timing of it, they're in a better position than the Pac-12 is, who is just going to be losing all these teams. And so I could I could see a situation where you end up with, with Cal and Stanford and Oregon State uh, and Washington State left over to, to pick up UNLVs and Colorado States and Fresno States and Boise States um, to the new Pac-12, which would obviously at that point be without... Too much, too much of a of a leader there as far as when you kind of get get into the college football playoff discussion. So um, you could see them moving down, and maybe you'd have a power four at that point. But in any case, it's all fascinating because we're kind of doing all this conference alignment and and trying to figure this or that out. Um, when really it's going to matter how much of a say do these conferences have at the college football playoff discussion because you got to think regardless of what the ACC even does, even if they stay still and don't do a thing and don't get uh, get picked apart or this Big 12, Pac-12 merger conference, 
Um, you just don't see them having too much power in the college football playoff discussions because clearly yeah. the money is in the SEC and the Big Ten's right. you know, hands. Yeah, and, and, and that's what it looks like. In light of all these topics, I mean, one of the things that, that – you know, is, is, is emerging out there is what you just talked about is what they're trying to call a big pack. And, you know, the one that ultimately you have BYU uh, along with Utah that are going to be probably arguably the best college uh, basketball conference that could possibly be out there. So some of them are looking to try to keep it in, from that standpoint, because if you talk about a big pack, that would be a dominant basketball conference, you know, in, in competition with the ACC, you know, the way that they can emerge is, is keep it, but do it in that manner to where they're focused on dominating in the basketball sphere. Right. I think that's the only way they can survive. I don't think if they do go football, they there's there's no way they can compete with the grandiose of the SEC and the big, the Big Ten. So if you go with a big pack conference, you're looking at in the West, you would probably be looking at an Arizona, Arizona State, BYU, Cal, Colorado, who's kind of you know don't know what they want to you know do so to speak, Oregon, Stanford, Utah, and in Washington in the West. And out of the Midwest in that big pack conference, you'd probably be looking at. Baylor, Cincinnati, Houston, Kansas, Kansas State, Oklahoma State, TCU, and Texas Tech, UCF. So they would be, I think, mediocre football teams like they pretty much are right now for the most part. Sometimes, other than Utah, um, you know, Oregon at times as of late, you know, Oklahoma State as of late on that other side. And then Baylor sometimes emerges and then you obviously have what happened in Cincinnati last. Um, but it would be tough to see it in any other way. I mean, no, the best thing about it right now, they would just dominate from an 18 team standpoint to where the SEC's at 16 and the SC, uh, and, uh, uh, the big tens at 16. So, but we still expecting more purges to happen on that side of the thing. Um, and I think, if the ACC is going to try to survive, they would have to take the same stance and do it from that, that standpoint. If I'm the ACC, I'm trying to work out some deal between the Big East. I doubt the Big East does it because I think they're pretty comfortable because they don't have to add football and all these other – they right. pretty much stay where they are and they make the money that they make in that in that sphere. So, yeah, um, I think that makes it tough, man. Uh, you know, I still think the ACC – is second behind the Pac-12 in trouble. I think probably the Big Big 12, if they're going to take over, I think if they purge four of those teams, they're going to be the next tier behind the Big 10 and the SEC. Um, I just think the money, like you said, is not there. You're talking about half of the money right now that the Pac-12 is going to get. Uh, I'm sorry, the ACC right now. Even as in their dominance in the basketball sphere right now, if an ACC team like, uh, say, North Carolina, right, if they're to stay, right now the SEC, I'm sorry, the um, ACC, they would get in, or where they got in the in the 2021 season of their academic year, they got 34 million dollars, right? Mm -hmm. The SEC is projected to pay out 117 million. 
per team. Quite a difference. Which is quite a difference. That's sixty one something million yeah. dollars in difference. Then you add up the years in which that's happening. Yeah, it's that's I mean that's this whole movement. Yeah. And that's where that landscape is. It's it's big money right now. I just don't think that with the purging of UCLA, that market, that LA market, UCLA and USC, that the Pac ten has the market space to garner uh, a big money TV revenue deal. I just don't think it's there for them. Yeah, and then Notre, somebody, Gene and Lincoln, points out, uh, you know, if the ACC can keep Notre Dame, and he goes on, but Notre Dame is uh, kind of so interesting out there. It's like the Big Ten's just waiting for it. Is there? Do you see a way in which Notre Dame says, screw it, we're staying independent? I don't. I don't, don't think so. I, I, I don't. I don't think they. I think that that time frame is has passed. I don't think they're able to do that in this space. Um, they haven't had the same dominance. They do have the backing, but I just don't think you know they're going to be able to garner the type of money that's out there for the SEC and the Big Ten right now. When you think with the SEC and the Big Ten, like we said, they're going to be kind of moving forward into the college football playoff, the uh, the the powers that be. They might not – you know, the BCS was very kind to Notre Dame. Uh, however, they kind of uh, were able to arrange that deal. They only needed 10 wins to make it uh, to a BCS game um, yeah. and, you know, to a New Year's Bowl. And that's, you know, that's just – they've kind of with their independent status been able to to work away into getting into many of these playoffs as well I think that uh, you know a little bit of strong arming from the Big Ten and the SEC if Notre Dame does indeed stay independent uh, might do that but then they could be another uh, huge deal if the ACC could keep them but that that's kind of the next interesting thing is if there is an expansion beyond 20 the the logical step is for the SEC to poach the top four away from the ACC um, and uh, and they they would not be a um, at, at least at this point would not be a national brand. They'd still be very southeastern mm-hmm. um, and you know into the south in Texas and Oklahoma. But um, it doesn't in, matter. Competing the money. out of Indiana, yeah. competing out of Indiana into that southern sphere. If you're Notre Dame, if you're Notre Dame's trouble, bro. That's yeah. that's like us being in the Big Twelve back then. Yeah. Um, go ahead. Oh, I'm just thinking, I, I just wonder at some point, where does this end, right? Because the problem with all of this is that you don't have a leader. It's not like you have the AFC and the NFC in, in this like kind of idea right here with the, between the Big Ten and the SEC. It's not like the AFC and NFC are trying to outbid one another. And then, you know, a certain AFC team said, well, we want to join the NFC because they have a better TV contract. College football needs a leader, and I don't know how you necessarily step up and do that because the NCAA was somewhat supposed to be that but never had the power in order to do that, and it looks like more and more like there's this split with the NCAA is coming up. But I don't. I, I think if you're if you're college football, and at some point I understand all the money grab and all of that, but at some point you've got to understand for the stability of the sport, for people to still um, be connected to it. In 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 a big part of college football is tradition and uh, you know the, the fan bases that they've gathered up over the years and all of that. You need a leader. They they need a commissioner almost to step up because I just don't see an end to it. At some point, w- what happens when the SEC and the Big Ten merges and 
you know, 15 years from now. Um, you know, where does that leave everybody else? Then you just have one league and you got to break it down in the conferences. And that's kind of the joke is that maybe it will go full circle and that, you know, whoever's the leader or whatever this new thing is that takes over the NCAA decides, hey, you know, it would save a lot of money if we just go regional and cut these teams from our league into these divisions. Uh, and then you'd be kind of right back where you started with. Um, but I just I, I feel like that's uh, obviously been missing um, for years under college football. Just about every college football analyst has said it. And I think that the the kind of the COVID years, the the, the dysfunction, the disarray that we've seen from the uh, conference leaders in that space, and then you know obviously into the NIL where there's just it's the wild wild west and there's nothing really um, you know to put up the guardrails around it. Uh, without I don't know how you do it. I, I think the SEC and the Big Ten almost have to get together at some point uh, with this college football playoff, which I suppose could be uh, whatever you have as far as a committee or commissioner there could be the the leader that the, that college football is missing because I just don't know if realignment ends at some point. I mean, I'm even thinking like relegation. What if you play in the Big Ten and, you know, Illinois or somebody's just bad for like a decade and then at the lower level or the next level um say the big 12 is not invited to the same postseason as the sec and the big 12 but iowa state keeps winning that over and over again would you not eventually say okay now i because that's the thing about these brands is they change over the years based on wins and uh you know all these different things that go into it at some point maybe one of these schools a stanford or an iowa state or something that's being left out right now kind of builds up as a power is the North Dakota state of, you know, the FCS comparison to this next tier of college football. And then, you know, I just don't know where, if it ends unless you kind of put some parameters around it and have a leader in charge. Bach basically just laid down a gauntlet and there's two questions for the Sauter Heyman text line. And if you want to call in as well on the uh, Honda Lincoln hotline at 402-464-5685. So one of the, one of the questions is which conference is doomed to be purged out of the running basically just to be ate up by just all of the the, other the teams that are being yeah just clipped off of them right then what basically bach is trying to say next is absent a leader absent someone to basically relegate this in those second tiers, you know, obviously would be one of those conferences that headed the purge. If there's dominance amongst them, who would then be able to play themselves into the big conferences? And what tier would that be? Or who would have first option? Or you could have conference dominance gets first option to then kick out an ace SEC guy, shoot them over to the Big Ten. Big Ten shoots them down to the that third tier and then they get first right so whoever conferences dominate gets first right to choose i think i think that would be kind of dope but then you have the right to kind of say well you know you know indiana you've been struggling a little bit <laughs> yeah but the problem is what about their basketball what if their basketball is good what if their volleyball you know what i mean so, so this that's is all issue. a football discussion this is all the football other, discussions because the, the other sports so. have just been they're uh, they're whatever is so left where do you send them which yeah. is sad. And, and then the other thing is, you know, with these, you know, land grant deals or whatever, and then the the the, uh, the television deals that are going to be, you know, however many, five, ten years. I don't know if a relegation system would work where you could, um, you know, kick a team out. That's what a lot of people are wondering, though. It's like, when does it come to if the Big Ten and SEC are worth all this money? 
Uh, when does it come to a point where you look at kind of the small, you know, the Vanderbilts and, and the, mm-hmm. like you said, the Indianas and, and just the Northwestern, some of these schools and go, well, maybe we could just kick them out and bring in the Atlanta or the Houston market or whatever other, you know, if it's all about mm-hmm. markets, mm-hmm. there could be some cleaning up in these conferences where you think you've got it good right now if you're within one of them. And, uh, and again, I think that would be a, very difficult to do. Um, all of it is, is clouded in this just legal battle. That's very difficult for any of us to understand because we've been told before, oh, you can't do this. This is a complete roadblock. This won't happen. And then a legal battle ensues and then they get through it. And so you don't know which legal battles or which way they're going to play out in the courts either. And that's what he's done. So so to the listeners, Bach is basically talking about uh, the league's grant of rights basically out of the ACC. That was one of the things that happened once there was some breaking of some people from the ACC, I think even Maryland, when that Maryland situation happened, um, they were really like, hey, we're going to stop this from you know continuously happening where other conferences are able to come in and purge our guys. So what, 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 it, what it consists of, and a lot of people are really looking at the Clemson situation right now, also the Dukes and, 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 and the, uh, uh, you know, obviously the Miamis. And, and they're, they're looking at yeah, them and trying to – and then they were thinking about that when they added those, those teams to it. And it's basically stating that few schools have little flexibility in order to seek greener pastures out of the ACC. And the reason being is the conference has not only an exit fee, which is equivalent to three years – of the league's operating budget. So they have to pay that first. And then that exceeds over right now, over a hundred million dollars. And in addition to that, any member that is changing conferences is bound to a grant of rights agreement and they forfeit its media revenues to the ACC boy. So that that's going to have trouble holding up in court all in itself, but it's possible. Uh, Maryland was obviously able to get out of it and that doesn't expire with the ESPN contract that runs through 2035 and 36 school year. That's crazy. So right now, everybody in the ACC is held hostage in, in a sense. You've got, you've got the, uh, you know, you're, you're, you're held in, in the, uh, in the doggone jailhouse and it's tough to get out and only ACC has a key. So, We'll see how that plays out in litigation, but ultimately that's what Bach is talking about here on the block. Yeah, and I, I also just, you know, it's, it's just it's hard to see the end game for this again. Um, Joel Klatt had a tweet that I thought was interesting. He said, it's incredibly hard to see right now in particular, but if you're a team outside of the SEC or Big Ten, but the long-term outlook for fans is a good one. We will look back on these times as moves that shaped a better postseason, more quality non-con games, and stronger governance. Um, I hope that that's where we land, but it, it's so questionable right now. And I also just wonder about the future of non-con games. Of course, Nebraska has this matchup with Oklahoma coming into Lincoln and somehow it's now the SEC against the Big Ten but of course Oklahoma is still in the Big 12 this upcoming year but you know you just kind of wonder because they've got uh, another matchup with the Sooners set down the line for 2029 and 2030 if you have super conferences are we still are one one thing is do you still want for like competitive balance do you want non-con games um, just to 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 kind of liven it up do. and still I think you still do I think you go down and kick the second or the third and fourth tier team you go down there and whip a stand well, also and, just for you know, like competitive sake no, you want to know there and beat up on TCU you know yeah you want to like be able to compare the conferences too um but I don't yeah. know like but because you have 20 conference opponents you're only playing 
12 games, why don't you play all your conference opponents, right? I mean, that's... I that, think they're going to expand games. That could be out there as well. Yeah, it could get more I more think you're going to you're, you're gonna be have more than 12 games. But the big fear is that the SEC wants to have... That might run their own uh, playoff and just say, screw everybody else. That's a great point to stop, Bach. Yeah. Because we're going to come back and jump into that when we come back right here on the block. We're going to tap into what your text line, how hot that was, but we're also going to talk about what Bach just said, and that is the ACC is trying to set it off by providing their own league playoff system. We'll show you how that works when you come back on the block. 93.7 The Ticket, theticketfm.com. You can find us there when we come back after this. 